What's going on, everybody? Another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone. Whether you're thinking about moving to Charlotte, doing business in Charlotte, any combination therein, we are here to provide you with some info and some good entertainment. Uh, today we are talking about the Enneagram, and we're starting a new series called uh, The Local Business Spotlight. And today we're spotlighting our friend Keanu, who owns a business called True Strategy, and we're going to get into that a whole lot more. But to introduce ourselves, to do voices, we have the new fifth transplant, I believe, right? Fifth transplant fifth from transplant. New Mexico, the new one, the improved one. There you, you go. You're our first guest from New Mexico, by the yeah. way. Yes. By the way, we've had a lot of auditions, but you made the cut. <laughs> well, most New Mexicans don't leave New Mexico, so that's why. Oh, interesting. The fact okay. that you didn't bring green chilies as well. well. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> Russell, you know a little bit about green chili? All right. So what we should do, too, is Keanu should have to give himself a proper introduction because I think Jack was a little hesitant to say your last name, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keanu Trujillo. Yeah, that's why I was Jack, I would teach Jack how to say it properly, but it would, do you know how to roll your R's? I can. The, the J's. Trujillo. Trujillo. There you go. That's good. All right. A okay. little known fact, Q's in Spanish comes out as Oasis. <laughs> I've never heard there are that. Far too many right. silent letters. Get the uh, trees, my last get the name. My whole last Jack, name. I'm sorry. Who my asked whole that last question? name is silent. <laughs> it's just <Well>. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> when we're in Spain, they're like, Mr. Hoyes? <laughs> Don't. Just Russell. Don't church it up. It's Hughes. <laughs> it's like, it's, who are you? <laughs> uh, it, it, it was like the uh, Ducks goalie, Guy Bear. It's Guy Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> he went his whole life as Guy Herbert gets into the NHL and it's Guy Bear. <laughs> I already love this podcast. We are a classy, yeah. classy say, group here. It didn't even take a minute. We already got off track. <laughs> We have, we aren't we track? supposed to wait a little before yeah. we digress? Oh, that's what I thought. No. I was going to do intros, but I think everybody has talked at this the point. The rolling R's was, it was all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> get them! <laughs> all right, so uh, to get us back on track, Keanu Trujillo. There you go. Okay, not bad. Give us a little bit about your business, then we've got a whole bunch of questions. We've got a whole bunch to talk about. Yeah, sure. So my company is called True Strategy, and funny enough, this is so relevant, I wanted to honor my last name and my legacy, my family, but I didn't want people messing up Trujillo, so I called it True Strategy. I was in the military for a time and my nickname was True, because they also couldn't say my last name, so True Strategy, that's why it came to be. Strategy, I don't know, it sounded good. It sounded you know, like, okay, if I'm going to do a business coaching, consulting company, True Strategy sounds like a pretty good name. Nice. And so people ask, like, oh, you're a strategy company. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, kind of, you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's quality BS you got going on there. Right. Well, I was going to say, it makes me feel a little bit, you know, self-conscious where we've always just touted, we're made up strategy. So, I mean, you got true strategy, you got what we offer made up strategy. That's right. That's great. I love that. So, yeah, true strategy is the company. It started uh, from, honestly, I moved to Charlotte as another transplant to work with Elevation Church with Stephen Furtick. And a lot of my role was in leadership development. So, I would develop the leaders that would lead the volunteer teams. Because if you know anything about Elevation Church, they have more volunteers than most church have members. But there you <laughs> we, go. So, I moved here to, and joined that. And a lot of my role, like I said, was in leadership development. Naturally, those volunteers were business owners and uh, they um, would go through my leadership development classes, pipelines, what have you, and they said, hey, can you come and join my business? I want you to coach my leadership team. And uh, I'm not kidding, one of my uh, first clients here local to Belmont, North Carolina, she said, all right, yeah, send me an invoice and we'll set a date. And I said, no, I'll do it for free. But 
it wasn't because I was benevolent. I didn't know how to send an invoice. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll, j I'll just do it for free. So anyway, she gave me the first opportunity and it just kind of grew from there. One business owner, you know, moved to the next. And I think the, the secret sauce was really the use of the Enneagram, which we're going to talk about plenty today, but started growing in that way. But I didn't want there to be a conflict between this very large church and my company. I didn't want anyone to think that I was trying to build my company off of their platform. So it came to a head, and in June of 2020, amidst the pandemic, it seemed like a really good time to start a business. So Absolutely. <laughs> I quit my job, made the big decision to leave behind my benefits and my salary and start building a business. And now we have a team of four, thank God, and uh, we're helping companies of all sizes and coaching specifically to the personal strategy side of their business. If, if you still haven't figured out the invoicing thing, give Maine and Johnson a call. We'll get that straightened out. No, I just yeah. take cash. Yeah. <laughs> Maine and Johnson, I can speak as a client. It's excellent with invoicing. Yeah. They just, it just shows up like the, the charge on my card. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Well, Maine and Johnson, we'll do some work with that. We are like the, uh, we're like that taco shop that you know it's authentic because it only takes cash. Right. Yeah. You know, there you no, go. No. We, we have yeah. been more sophisticated in our approach these days. If you knew how many times tacos were spoken about on this oh podcast. God, yeah. You just hit the nail on the head. It's, you it's didn't even know it. My favorite taco place in LA, Gilbert's Cash Only. Yes, yep. absolutely. Uh -huh. If they accept card and they call themselves a taco spot, walk away. It's like, hey, do you take cash only and they say no we take cards we take apple pay no 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 you're not no, you're way too venmo us i'm moving on yeah, yeah. Right. flavor is not there do you right. speak english and if they say can then order all the tacos yeah, in world. exactly <laughs> that's awesome como se dice is your best friend yeah. <laughs> all right so we're going into the enneagram we're going to get into i think this episode is going to be so we've all taken the end the enneagram as the four regular transplants the fifth transplant keanu is going to talk to us about what it all means yeah. I want to give just really quick, because I know you're going to be on for two episodes, but really quick, I want to knock this out. You have a very cool backstory. I wonder if you could just give a quick highlight of, I know you mentioned you were in the military, you've been part of the church. Really quick backstory, just so that visitors and viewers get to know you a little bit more. Sure. Really quick on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, you know, high level, a really quick backstory. That's just, that's fun. So, <laughs> from northern New Mexico, very small town, one stoplight. Where I come from, entrepreneurship is Herbalife or dime bags. So, you know, starting a business just wasn't in the court. White shoes. Or, yeah, like, you know what, or both. And uh, so it just wasn't really something that I thought was in the card. So when I got out of high school, I went to college for a semester just long enough to decide that it wasn't for me. And I went into corrections because I wanted to go into law enforcement. So I did that between 18 and 21. At 21, I went into law enforcement and the Army National Guard because I wanted to serve. A lot of my family had served, but I wanted to be a cop. Well, about 2016, I got sick of being a cop and uh, what that entailed. So I went active duty for a couple of years uh, and then went back into the Army National Guard, went into financial services, and uh, in that time experienced my relationship with Christ and with my faith and decided, hey, I might as well go all into ministry. Big decisions are very easy for a type eight. We're going to talk about that in a moment as we talk about Russell. Big decisions, <laughs> no, right. super simple, right? But the details, send an invoice, that's kind of complicated. So I decided to go into a full-time ministry. And if you hear, you know, my background, you look at my resume, it's like a hodgepodge of these just very different careers. But what I noticed was there was just a trend in people and understanding people, you know, getting to know people from corrections. I worked county corrections, so it was shoplifter to murderer, and you know, from one pod to the next and getting to know them. And so started to see that as a trend. And as I mentioned, you know, how my company started, moved here to Charlotte and met a couple of entrepreneurs like you all at the table that said, hey, Keanu, I, I don't think you're meant to be an employee, which was great to me because I always felt like I was a terrible employee. Like as soon as I hit the ceiling, I'm looking to move on to the next thing, you know? And so they said, hey, I think you should start a business. And I thought I'd wait until I was, you know, maybe closer to Brian's age, a little bit more 
more wisdom, a little few, few no more need grace. To wait till you weren't going to be 70. <laughs> I, I was say, I, I'm rarely the aged one here. I was going to wait until I had a few more grays in my beard because I don't have hair on the top of my head. And, uh, you know, to start my business. And I had some entrepreneurs that said, hey, no, man, you're built to start a business. You're built to lead a business. You might as well do it. So that's the background very quickly. You. Is there anything else that you want no, to hear, No, that's great. I'll give the transplant summary as we've done for our the four of us and some of the guests as well. So from New Mexico, came to Charlotte. Yeah. I guess maybe what was the big reason of coming to Charlotte? Then we'll move on. Elevation Church. Elevation they, Church. They hired us and uh, moved out here. Technically, Gastonia. So if you've all explored Gastonia. Uh, but I live in Belmont now. So as fast as I could, I made it to Belmont. Okay. Very nice. So from New Mexico, came here for Elevation Church. Lives in Belmont, Belmont. now. Okay. Very nice. So this episode, we're going to talk about the Enneagram. So we've covered this before, but Jack really likes facts. I'm a big fan of nutshelling as well, if you can't tell. Okay, sweet. (laughs) He has his own theme song. It's Jack the Fact. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So this episode, we're going Enneagram, given Keanu's business and, and something he's really great at. We're going myself, Jack, versus Russell, and we are... Identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> Both like in, looking in a mirror. <laughs> in age, in looks, in everything. Yeah. Personality. It's, it's like that movie, uh, Twins with Love. <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito. Danny like, oh. DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm Danny DeVito in that, aren't I? Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're a little taller than Danny DeVito, though. Yeah, I would hope so. Too. That's also true. So, okay, we're going to go me versus Russell this episode, right? Right, and we know our audience at this point doesn't have a microphone, but feel free to scream at both of them whatever you think (laughs) from what you've learned about them so far. You lie! If you had to pick a type, audience, let us know. We will be listening. We have a comment section of the podcast. And and, and it's also worth noting, too, before we get fully into that, because we don't want to take anything away, we are again broadcasting from the Smoke and Barrel in Mount Holly. We're, like we mentioned, I think, on the previous episode, we had the mayor on... We mentioned we'll do a couple more broadcasts from here. So, again, at the Smoke and Barrel, wonderful place. Take care of us every time we're here. But, all right, enough of the props there. Let's jump in. So, why don't you at first at least, I mean, I didn't know what the Enneagram was. I, I mean, I'd heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it until you and I spoke, Keanu. Yeah. So, what, maybe what can you tell our audience about the assessment? It's not a test. Yeah, yeah. So, the Enneagram, like a you know other personality assessments, it, it's dissimilar in that it doesn't tell you necessarily what you do or your tendencies but it tells you more so of who and why so it really helps to complement other assessments like the disc or colby things that really lean more into the what by understanding more deep-rooted how you were created or more deep-rooted beliefs that you tend to carry it's an ancient typology system uh, that basically says there are nine ways of normal nine ways of viewing the world nine ways of responding to the world nine different perspectives and it really starts with why you do what you do what do you avoid what do you pursue what are you moving towards? And if we really challenged ourselves in any decision we made, anything that we said, we can trace it all the way back to what we call internal drivers, right? What is driving us internally? It's very obvious for you know people like Russell. So the right. internal <laughs> drivers. took the words I was going to say, which was, Russell, remember, there's nine ways to view the world, not just one. Nine. nine. <laughs> There should just be the one. And, and it should be Russell's. They're, they're, the right way, which is also my way. People would just stop looking at things their way and look at things my way. Everybody would get along so much better. That would be, yeah, that would be fantastic. And Russell tested, uh, took our assessment and uh, tested as a type 8. So we're going to uncover why everything he's saying seems pretty fitting. Uh, so basically nine ways, nine ways of normal. But you know what was interesting about it for me? I mentioned all of my background. And in all of those careers, corrections, law enforcement, military, financial services, ministry, 
each one of them came with a personality assessment. And one really long one I had to take when I was a police officer that basically told me I was like, tend to be narcissistic. But I still passed and I became a police officer, so I guess I'm okay. <laughs> the difference about the, I guess. Where uh, our police officer <laughs> system, the screening they, system is totally they, screwed. They, they got his assessment back and they immediately handed him a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, buddy. Uh, so, you know, the, the, what set the Enneagram apart for me, first and foremost, was that it doesn't just show, you know, who you are, kind of a, a snapshot of who you are, your tendencies. It shows you what you look like best, worst, and everything in between, right? So if yeah. you take a personality assessment and you take it on a day that maybe you're really frustrated or angry or you've found yourself in a rut of tendencies, the assessment's going to show that, whereas the Enneagram gets to a much deeper place and shows you not just who you are in that time, but kind of who you've always been. And so it showed these opportunities for growth. And when you see the diagram of the Enneagram, the nine types, you'll see there are lines connecting them. So we know that although we may be different types, you know, Brian and Brandon are both sevens, according to the assessment. Myself and Russell are both you eights, know that's right. according to the assessment. But on, we're son. still very, we're still very different, right? And so it shows how we're kind of connected, or we take on different characteristics of different people, and where we have overlap, and where we have tendencies that overlap each other, and how we see that in each other. Let me ask a question. I mean, because you had a, a much nicer way of describing me other than just being a dick. So that's a reading. A, that's a DIC if you took the disc. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, ironically, yep. I, yeah. I was a dick on the DIC. Ironically. <laughs> you no, know, I was, accurately. Yeah. No, but you had a, a much nicer way of putting it, but that I care so much to you that I will club you over the head. Yeah. Okay. In the, is there an evolution of, I mean, you mentioned this is your baseline, this is your fundamental, this is your core. But I'm assuming as you age and mature, is there like you're like absolutely quintessentially this at age 20, say, or do, do you round off the edges by the time you're 50 like I am? Well, what's interesting about it is that some people say, and I, you know, you hear this all the time, of course, with personality assessments or different typology, you know, systems is, well, you know, maybe when I was younger, I was this, but now I'm this. And that's what, again, sets the Enneagram apart is that when we find your dominant type, that dominant number, which for me is a type eight and possibly for you as well, then we can see that, no, that's kind of who you've always been. What's changed is your understanding of all the other characteristics. So what happens is you begin to understand all these other numbers that actually have a factor or play a factor in your personality. So for example, for a type eight, and it's kind of hard to explain without having the diagram, but if people you know, take the assessment, then you'll see what the diagram looks like. The eight neighbors the nine and the seven, right? Which is pretty simple, seven, eight, nine, right? The seven and the nine. And so the eight takes on characteristics of the numbers around it, every type does. So those numbers are contributing factors to your personality. Where do they show up and what do they look like? And then, like I mentioned, we have the lines through the middle that also connect to other numbers. So where do those numbers show up in our personality? And so what happens in growth or maturity is you begin to see how you can leverage some more of those other characteristics that may have been dormant. So you're understanding them, you're waking them up, so to speak, or learning how to leverage them and use them. So that's where you see people's growth is not necessarily changing, but growing in understanding. So what is Jack? So Jack is kind of an anomaly. We spent some time, I spent some time yeah. with the Maine and Johnson team, uh, introducing them to the Enneagram. But Jack, I believe that you re resonated or identified most with the type nine, correct? Correct, that's correct, yep. So I would love, in your words, what you identified most of the type nine, or what is a type nine peacemaker? So, so a peacemaker is the one word synopsis of a type nine, which is basically, it's, it's kind of the middleman, which is definitely something I, I identify with in friends, relationships, and business relationships 
because I'm the one who can flex and be like, okay, do you want to meet here or here? I don't really, I'm able to flex. I'm able to kind of be the middle in between both parties. What does this noise mean? <laughs> I think me when, trying when to play the When Jack float. starts talking really about bad him flute. in a really sentimental way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack gets to his zen place with his and, facts. And see, and his this figures. is a good example of the type nine because I will laugh at myself all day long and I will make sure that everybody else is having a good time and I don't care about myself. And then go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, not the Titanic again. Hit it, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> How hard. Uh, but I guess that's my synopsis of the Type Nine: is yeah. handle the middleman, kind of make sure everybody's having a good time, make sure everybody gets kind of something that's in their realm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, type Nine is. The, as the peacemaker, like I said the, the names really fit well, and I think that's where people pick the Enneagram up very quickly. But being more malleable to everyone else around them. Yeah. So you know, if if we say if we're all hanging out right here and we're like, hey, where do we want to go get dinner? Jack's like, whatever you guys want, right? Right. Yeah. And so that translates over into relationships or into business. And being able to be more flexible in their approach is very interesting. I think a really great way of describing a Type Nine. I picked up a client recently who's a young guy, videographer, starting his own business more than a service now and I thought it was really interesting he as the videographer he's a type 9 he puts everyone else on the camera right but he's the one that really brings it all together and you'll never know he's the one behind the camera but without him none of it happens and I thought that was really a great example of a type 9 is they bring everyone else together and they don't care to be in the spotlight they care more about connection but some of the downside of the type 9 or some of the tensions is that as the peacemaker, they also avoid conflict. And it's not just because That's they true. fear conflict or move away from conflict, but conflict to them means disconnection. And their whole goal or purpose is connection of people, of opportunity. So they don't want conflict because if, you know, if Russell and I start getting into it right now, Jack might get a little bit uncomfortable, maybe not in this situation. I'm sitting between them and they're both sitting large between people. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they're very large men, so like a couple of, of uh, apes beating our chest. It's like if, if we started going at it, he's going to say, well, guys, you know, how can we, you know, see each other's perspective or I see both of your perspective. And that's really an awesome thing that a nine brings to a business is that if the whole team is in a lot of conflict, the nine is able to see all perspectives and then bring it together to a place that helps to move everyone forward instead of the eights just trying to do their own thing. So that's a type nine peacemaker. My wife's also a type nine, so very well versed in type nines. She sounds like a great lady. She, amazing. <laughs> like a great Fantastic. Lady. <laughs> You're a no, great lady too, that. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I strive to be. <laughs> or Dane DeVito, I guess, one of the two. <laughs> so, right. so it sounds like I'm the conflict between the sevens and the nines. Yeah, so so eight is so that, Russell's that the type sounds eight, about right. So <laughs> Keanu, is Russell the issue? I I have the synopsis of what Russell's when people are talking to him, all he can hear is You suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that puts it <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, wow. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes my wife says nice things. Well, <laughs> there is also the uh, I think we should <laughs> <laughs> So what, what, give us a description. Actually, no, no. Russell, give us a description of your type eight, which I believe is a challenger. Challenger. The challenger. All right. Well, I, again, it was, you know, my wife is, I keep her around for a reason. Uh, she's very good at explaining me. But people get scared because the vein on my forehead will start to pulsate and I'll get red. And it's not that I'm angry. It's that I'm quote-unquote passionate, which is true. I, I have passion about it, and, you know, the way she says it, she's, he's got such a big heart that he cares so much. 
that Jack is, is He'll laughing. He'll hurt you for it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, Jack will no longer be on the podcast due to Jack's untimely I'll be death. Death. <laughs> transplant. He may not be on planet Earth after yeah. today. You're going to type 8 me. Brian, can I get a shovel over here, please? But, yeah, we don't mind conflict, but we usually try to uh, do it for a, a greater... We're not just doing it for our ego. We're right. doing it because we care. That's right. You know, you know did you read your results? <laughs> I, I did my survey in about 30 seconds, okay. and I had about 10 seconds to digest them, so okay. no. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that was a really great example of a type 8. That's exactly it, is that people around them will feel like they're angry, and it, there's a, an aspect in the Enneagram called triads, and 8s and 9s are driven by anger. The difference is 9s repress their anger and hide their anger, and 8s mm -hmm. are overt with their anger. It just seeps out of them, even when they don't know it. Is that why we call 9s? No comment. <laughs> I punt. And, and when he says we, he means him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Russell will no longer be on the podcast. <laughs> You're both fired. It's two transplants yeah. and a mic. <laughs> Where did Russell go? He just stopped getting the invites. I don't know what happened. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, you know you explained the type eight really well. You know what was interesting is when I found the enneagram, I was six months married, and my wife is a type nine. I am a type eight, and with my background, specifically law enforcement and military, when there was conflict or there was tension or we're having problem with the in-laws, my response or the type eight's response is address it, right? Mm -hmm. Get out in front of it, go attack it, go deal with it. And my wife would say, you know, you're angry. I can't talk to you when you're angry. And I was like, I'm not angry. I'm passionate, right? right. And she said, okay, well check your tone. So I'd go take a breather, I'd take a lap, and I'd come back and I'd check my tone, and my tone would be better, and, you know, we need to address this, your mom is driving me crazy, and she would say, yeah, you still seem angry, and I'd be pissed off, and so then what I would revert to is what we all revert to, well, that's just the way I am. In law enforcement and military, in law enforcement, they called this command presence, and if you didn't have command presence and you didn't rule a room when you walked into it, you would die and you wouldn't make it home. So this is what's going on, you know, so then I would just revert straight to my anger. And when I found the Enneagram, it started to expose that, you know, it's not that you're angry, it's that you care. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to get play the cue, the Titanic music. I'm going to get really soft for a moment. The Enneagram is like music moves us because it gives us language for things that we feel but we don't know how to express. And that's what the Enneagram does is it gives us that language of, oh, I know I felt this way, but I, I didn't know how to describe that. And so it gives us that language and we're better able to communicate or understand each other. So that's very much so the type eight. Think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. High energy, highly confrontational, right? Very direct, but it wasn't for him. It was for a greater cause that he believed in. So that's type eight. It's never about them. It's about believing in people. But the problem is when you're clubbing people over the head and saying, do better because I believe in you, all they know is how this hurts, right? Mm -hmm. But we may want better for them. And that was very much so my leadership before I found the Enneagram was I'm gonna run through a wall. And if you can make it through with me, then I know you have what it takes. And I know you care about it as much as I do. And I found I was missing out on a lot of opportunity with people because I was projecting my way of leadership on them. My way was the right way. And so it was a great example that you gave in the type eight. So yes, very much so moves towards conflict. Well, have I, you ever explained to your wife that um, her talking about your tone was the thing that was pissing you off? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think I overtly have explained that directly. Well, uh, no. You know, when I heard you explain that, what I was thinking, you know, coming from the law enforcement background, law enforcement background, like as you're going in and you're, you're probably sitting there and you've got the little microphone that's like, yes, uh, we've got a possible 187 here in the living room and it is my wife and I'm going to like, no, but I mean, you approach it the way you're wired to. But I think one yeah. of the things that we learned when we went through the Enneagram is it's also understanding the other side and what, how they receive things yes. and how do you adapt because you're capable of it. But if you can span out from maybe what your natural 
inborn way to do it is and the other ways you might be comfortable with it that can still get a better result. That's right. But I've also, like recently I've been reminded because I, I, I went straight at someone with a solution. Did they make it? They did because <laughs> they were on the phone. And, uh, you know, they did not respond uh, favorably to me going straight at them. I was sh- kind of shocked. I'm I like, wonder but, why. But I'm trying to facil- to help you. And and then about, you know, and 30 seconds later, I'm like, I, I remembered that, you know, one of the most important lessons I've learned in, in leadership is they don't care what you have to say until they know that you care. That's right. And and, and if you can't exp- if you can't convey that, <clears throat> there's really no point in conveying any anything else. Well, you came at him with the. What is your major <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's got a track for everything. Yeah, you can. It's all Russell. There, I, yeah, I it's don't know Russell. why quoting Gunny is a problem for people. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly what that's, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like type eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up this episode. So we've covered we've covered myself as a type 9, as a peacemaker. We've covered Russell as a type 8, a challenger. We're going to get more into the next episode for those who are just waiting to hear what Brian and Brandon are. Don't worry. Twinsies. The next episode. Twinsies. Twinsies. Yeah. Who would have guessed? <laughs> I'm just so excited that there's a better word for dick than now. Challenger. I'm a challenger. D-I-C I'm not from an the disc. D-I-C from the disc. Don't worry. You want to plug the assessment? Yeah. So Please, people can find on. their type? Yes, please go on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you all a link. Visit the link oh, in he the just show went notes. Type eight on you right now, <laughs> and uh, you can find your enneagram type and figure out what's going on with everyone around you. Yeah, and so I, I mean, as we're kind of wrapping up, one thank you, Keanu, for walking us through. And and I know that we're going to have another episode where we're going to talk about uh, the other two of us, Brandon and myself. But what's really cool the is the two like, that matter. <laughs> well, when we sat around this table, when the four of us started doing this podcast, the appendix. Yeah, when we started this podcast, like one of the innate things that we already had figured out is the four of us would get along very well, but we knew we weren't the same. Mm-hmm. We may right. not have known all the whys, yep. but. We've been able to function just fine, and I think what you've done is you've put a little context to maybe how and why we've been able to do that, but now even more, maybe we're a little bit more in tune with what it is the other person might hear, see, receive, how they get that. So uh, I would um, like to uh, stress the function part is loosely function. <laughs> we, we have dysfunction together now. For, for we've got kind of a fourth world <laughs> definition of function. <laughs> But in that, I mean, again, I uh, want to thank the Smoke and Barrel for hosting us. Yep. Uh, fantastic venue. I uh, love it. The setup's perfect. You guys can hear it's not a, it's not a still place, even uh, kind of late afternoon when we're recording this thing. So check it out if you're in town. Keanu, we're, we'd love to have you back for the next episode. So thank you. you're good. We're good. Absolutely. I will be proud to be the honorary fifth transplant. <laughs> love it. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>